Blog Talk Radio. This is our common ground, alternative activist empowerment talk radio, speaking truth to our and ourselves. Who are you? You don't know. Don't tell me Negro, that's nothing. What were you before the white man named you a Negro? And where were you? And what did you have? What was yours? What language did you speak then? I am a revolutionary. It's about what we didn't do. Amen. Then it speaks to us and the possibility for us as a future person. Because ultimately, our people's future resides on what we do outside of the White House. African descent fairly, America failed. She put them in chains. The government put them on slave quarters, put them on action block, auction blocks, put them in cotton fields, put them in inferior schools, put them in substandard housing, put them in scientific experience, experiments, put them in the lowest paying jobs, put them outside the equal protection of the law, kept them out of their racist bastions of higher education, and locked them into positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America? No, no, no. Not God Bless America. God... Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. Our Common Ground, speaking truth to power and ourselves. Our Common Ground, a higher ground for discourse, discussion, solutions, and ideas. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Talk, talk, that matters. matters. Transforming truth truth to power. One broadcast at a time. And now to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. And hello, hello, and good evening, and thank you for joining us on Our Common Ground. This is Our Common Ground, where tonight we're going to get ready to rumble. Are you ready to rumble? I hope that um, you are, because tonight at Our Common Ground, we continue our series on the soul of black folks. Tonight, with our guest, Dr. Tommy J. Curry, we're going to be talking about rediscovering some critical truths. You know, the truth that you know. When uh, I was a kid, my father had a sign, you know, it was like hanging like art. And it kind of went like this. And I, I started reading this from a very young age. And it has really stayed with me, and uh, I bet that prior to his death, he didn't even remember this sign. But it was in a room where he played uh, poker, 
It was in his poker room. He had a poker room. He had, actually had poker tables with, and they were barrel, and the chairs were barrel and leather. You know, barrels, like barrels, but they, um, it, it was a fancy kind of man cave, a real man cave where there were ashtrays for cigars as opposed to plain ashtrays. And there was a leather... Uh, tufted bar as though you were in I, I, I bet that my father saw this set up somewhere in New York he probably went to a poker club or somewhere and he came back and made his man cave with the bar and the sink and the shelves with the liquor on it and the ice maker. We had an ice maker in in our patio. This is a, a room that you could close the doors or open the doors on our patio. Well, anyway, a sign kind of went like this. You can fool some of the people some of the time. You can fool all of the people, some of the time. But you can never fool all of the people, all of the time. And that is why, as we sit and we do not understand what our end game, I have been asking you about this end game. And for those of you who are, who are new, you have to understand it is imperative that as a people, we have an in-game. We understand what our in-game is all about. Now, you might be saying, well, Janice, why, why are you choosing the soul of black folks by Dr. W.E.B. Du Bois to focus on? Part of it is that some of our truths are very painful truths. And for those of you who are new to this program, we certainly welcome you. This is our 29th season of Speaking Truth to Power and Ourselves. And I really focus on, as the executive producer and the host and the producer and the bottle washer, I really focus on the part where it says, and ourselves which is why I added that. It's original, I know, but I've been saying it for 29 years. Speaking truth to power and ourselves. That's our common ground. This is sacred this is a sacred place where our truth is more important than any other truth. Cuz you know, people call up here and say, "Well, Janice, you know truth is in the eye of the beholder." Well, guess what? This is the black third eye and this is our truth. Okay, I hope you got that part right, especially if you have not understood what this is all about. So in the month of November, I have chosen uh, W.E.B. Du Bois, The Souls of Black Folks. You know, uh, I love talking with our sister, Ruby Sales, who visits us a lot here at Our Common Ground. These people don't come here to talk to me. They come here to share with you, people who have spent some time, a lot of time, thinking through the critical issues that face 
black people, whether it be cultural, whether it be social, whether it be political, whether it be just how we deal with each other, interpersonal, okay? And Ruby Sales always says that language and how we use it and and our ability in our journey for survival to create the language that holds up our sky is so important. So in the title of this book, which was written in 1903 by Dr. W.E.B. Du Bois, a learned New Englander, a graduate of Fisk University, and he took his brilliance to Harvard University to receive his Ph.D., and really, as my father reiterated to me many years ago when talking about history, that Du Bois went to Harvard because Harvard had money that could support him while he did his research and wrote his papers and his book. And uh, that was something that he learned as a New Englander, not as a Southerner. That was a kind of compromise that people, particularly in the, black people, particularly in the North, were able to make because of some of the peculiar opportunities uh, made to black folks. But any work, I hope that every one of you either has read and we will reread The Souls of Black Folks. There are two books, that, well, there are a lot of books, but two books that I read annually. Beloved by Toni Morrison and The Souls of Black Folk by W.E.B. Du Bois. It is his seminal work in African-American literature and is considered an American classic. And in this work, he proposes that the problem of the 20th century is the problem of the color line. His concepts of life behind the veil of race and the resulting double consciousness, the sense of, of, of always looking at oneself through the eyes of others, have become touchstones for thinking about race in America. And I think in the eye, as we come on to this broadcast tonight, Darren Wilson has not been arrested, he has not been charged, and the odds are he will not be indicted. The odds are that he will, one more white man, one more white man, one more police officer, one more police officer and agent of your government where you pay your taxes will get away with murder of a black boy or black girl. There are many of you who will call, who will challenge me on the issue, on the, on the principle that I stand on, and that race in America is everything. There is nothing for which we can <clears throat> experience in this country where race does not have a glimmer of presence. And to be responsible and obligated black people 
you have to have a presence and an understanding of race. In this book, Du Bois examines the years immediately following the Civil War, and in particular the Freedmen's Bureau's role in Reconstruction. He relates his experience as a school teacher in rural Tennessee, and then he turns his attention to a critique of American materialism in the rising city of Atlanta, where the single-minded attention to gaining wealth threatens to replace all other considerations. In terms of education, African Americans should not be taught merely to earn money, he writes. Rather, he argues, that there should be a balance between the standards of lower training, standards of human culture, and lofty ideals of life. And in this series, I am asking the question, the souls of black folks, have we lost it? Thank you for joining us tonight, and when we come back, we'll be joined by Dr. Tommy J. Curry, and if you do not know, he is a professor of philosophy and cultural race theorist who engages in the study of black people at Texas A&M University. His teaching, research, and writing spans various fields of philosophy, jurisprudence, Africana studies, and gender studies. And at Our Common Ground, he has been a voice for over many episodes of this broadcast, and we welcome him back. And in my mind, Dr. Tommy J. Curry is our modern-day contemporary contemporary expositor in the tradition of W.E.B. Du Bois. When we come back, he'll be joining us. A people thus handicapped ought not to be asked to race with the world but rather allowed to give all its time and thought to its own social problems. But alas, while sociologists gleefully count his bastards and his prostitutes, the very soul of the toiling, sweating black man is darkened by the shadow of a vast despair. Men call the shadow prejudice, and learnedly explain it as the natural defense of culture against barbarism, learning against ignorance, purity against crime, the higher against the lower races, to which the negro cries amen, and swears that to so much of this strange prejudice as is founded on just homage to civilization, culture, righteousness, and progress, he humbly bows and meekly does obeisance. But before that nameless prejudice that leaps beyond all this, he stands helpless, dismayed, and well-nigh speechless. Before that personal disrespect and mockery, the ridicule and systematic humiliation, the distortion of fact and wanton license of fancy, the cynical ignoring of the better and the boisterous welcoming of the worse, the all-pervading desire to inculcate disdain for everything black from Toussaint to the devil, before this there arises a sickening despair that would disarm and discourage any nation save that black host to whom discouragement is an unwritten word. But the facing of so vast a prejudice could not but bring the inevitable self-questioning, self-disparagement, and lowering of ideals 
whichever accompany repression, and breed in an atmosphere of contempt and hate. Whisperings and portents came home upon the four winds. Lo, we are diseased and dying, cried the dark hosts. We cannot write. Our voting is vain. What need of education, since we must always cook and serve? And the nation echoed and enforced this self-criticism, saying, Be content to be servants and nothing more. What need of higher culture for half-men? Away with the black man's ballot by force or fraud. And behold, the suicide of a race. Nevertheless, out of the evil came something of good, the more careful adjustment of education to real life, the clearer perception of the Negro's social responsibilities, and the sobering realization of the meaning of progress. So dawned the time of Sturm und Drang. Storm and stress today rocks our little boat on the mad waters of the world sea. There is within and without the sound of conflict, the burning of body and rending of soul. Inspiration strives with doubt and faith with vain questionings. The bright ideals of the past, physical freedom, political power, the training of brains and the training of hands, all these, in turn, have waxed and waned, until even the last grows dim and overcast. Are they all wrong? All false? No, not that. But each alone was oversimple and incomplete. The dreams of a credulous race childhood, or the fond imaginings of the other world which does not know and does not want to know our power. To be really true, all these ideals must be melted and welded into one. The training of the schools we need today more than ever. The training of deft hands, quick eyes and ears, and above all, the broader, deeper, higher culture of gifted minds and pure hearts. The power of the ballot we need in sheer self-defense, else what shall save us from a second slavery? Freedom, too, the long-sought, we still seek, the freedom of life and limb, freedom to work and think, the freedom to love and aspire. Work, culture, liberty, all these we need, not singly, but together, not successively, but together each growing and aiding each, and all striving toward that vaster ideal that swims before the Negro people, the ideal of human brotherhood gained through the unifying ideal of race, the ideal of fostering and developing the traits and talents of the Negro, not in opposition to or contempt for other races, but rather in large conformity to the greater ideals of the American Republic, in order that some day on American soil two world races may give each to each those characteristics both so sadly lack. We the darker ones come even now not altogether empty-handed. There are today no truer exponents of the pure human spirit of the Declaration of Independence than the American Negroes. There is no true American music but the wild sweet melodies of the Negro slave. The American fairy tales and folklore are Indian and African, and all in all we black men seem the sole oasis of simple faith and reverence in a dusty desert of dollars and smartness. Will America be poorer if she replace her brutal dyspeptic blundering with light-hearted but determined Negro humility, or her coarse and cruel wit with loving, jovial good humor, or her vulgar music with the soul of the sorrow songs? Merely a concrete test of the underlying principles of the great republic 
is the Negro problem, and the spiritual striving of the freedmen's sons is the travail of souls whose burden is almost beyond the measure of their strength, but who bear it in the name of an historic race, in the name of this the land of their fathers' fathers, and in the name of human opportunity. And now what I have briefly sketched in large outline, let me on coming pages tell again in many ways, with loving emphasis and deeper detail, that men may listen to the striving in the souls of black folk. Common Ground, and joining us now, Dr. Tommy J. Curry. Hey there, Dr. Dr. C., how are you? Dr. Curry, are you there? Oh, something's happened to his connection. Okay, we're going to wait till he can get back in here. But we're going to go to our phones, and welcome to all of our new listeners and I understand that this is Carl Lowry calling us from the Caribbean. Hello, my brother. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. How are you this evening? Okay. Um, is this Dr. Curry? No, this Hello? is uh, Carl Lowry. Can you hear me? Oh, okay. I thought it was Carl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some, their phone's jumping up and down. We have trolls. We have white people oh, who yeah, are so scared, yeah. scared of black people that they uh, bombard our our board on Saturday night to try to keep us from speaking truth to power. But that's okay. I got that. <laughs> Carl, Absolutely. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, what 
Uh, I know that there are a number of things, you know, going on. And I, I came on the air tonight asking people if they were ready to rumble. But one of the things that we've got to do is kind of shake off the crazy because there are lots of things going on. What's your call on where we are uh, as a nation and as a people? As a nation, um, we're still trying to determine um, how we want to look at, how we want to deal with the reality of of the hurt that's come from the past how we want to deal with it moving forward. There are still some people that want to deny those truths and want to say that any time you bring those things up that you are uh, uh, a-hole, you know, for lack of a better expression. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. or, or, you know, or, some, or something along those lines. Okay. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, but the the reality is, is that um, it, that – you have to, in order to be able to move forward properly, you've got to deal with the hurt, the pain, the truth, the reality that exists. How are you going to get some perhaps a proper base if you don't start correctly? Everything that we know was started improperly. And so when people go back and they look at all of that, they try to pretend because they weren't a part of the group that started it, you know, the ones that initially came and did all of that, that, Okay, well, we we didn't do that, so we don't have a beef with us. Well, I mean, we're not saying that you necessarily directly did it, but you perpetuate it when you try to pretend that it didn't that it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And enjoyed the benefits. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you you reap the benefits when you try to say that. Okay, simply that everything is simply about good and evil and all that. Well, it, you can boil it down to that. Um, but that it has faces, and you know faces and manifestations that you know that that come about, and and they give us these problems because of the fact that people want to take those things and use them as a mask for <laughs> for the for the for the larger oh. issue of you know, of how they should treat people. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> now, um, where we are as a group of people, um, I know you want you wanted me to answer that too. Um, my perspective on that is that we're, we're still trying to determine um, what things we want to grasp because now we've got celebrities that are beginning to pull back on saying that they're African American and all these kinds of things, and um, you know, and you know, the the rationale behind it is not necessarily a bad thing in some way in some areas. But the approach to it is what's so horrible in a lot of cases. You know, the disrespect mm-hmm. of of the fact that people need to be walked along and, you know, you need to validate the the success that people have um, made to be able to even get to that point before you go and mm-hmm. say that, you know, that it's, it's not worth anything. <laughs> you know. Well, you know, I've been asking the question, and and for those of you who are listening, Carl Lowry is um, uh, our uh, one of our guest callers tonight, um, and you're calling from Jamaica, right? Yeah, Saint Anne's Bay, Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And and you know, what are our you know I, I am a, a a strong believer 
that when you embrace an ideology like Pan-Africanism, that you have to inculcate it in your within your own uh, oper- uh, um, operating ways in which you live your life. What are our brothers and sisters thinking as they see Ferguson and Eric Garner and all of the and and the militarization of uh, law enforcement in America and a constipated African American president and and a, a Congress that is so hateful that it would bring the country to its knees rather than to support an African American president. What are they thinking, and how far we have fallen from? Uh, at the time that a W.E.B. Du Bois stood up and said, "Race is the problem." What are they? What's their response? What are they, you hearing? They're feeling. What I what I'm hearing um, is that people are feeling um, afraid. They're feeling powerless, but at the same time, they're feeling like they need to make another move. You know, there, there's a whole there's a wide array of feelings toward it. You know, some people feel, okay, well, you know, it's time for us to go and do some more protests. Some people feel like it's time for us to move all together. Some people feel like it's um, time to um, to change some laws and, and get some things re-mandated. And, you know, there's a, I mean, there's mm-hmm. a wide range of emotions, but all of them are based on hurt, you know, mm-hmm. an mm-hmm. overwhelming sense of hurt and, and, and loss is like a, you know, just somebody, you know, as soon as the wound seals itself up good and you get a good scar, you know, and it's just about faded away, here comes another knife and it just rips it open again. That's what it, that's the way that folks feel. That's mm-hmm, the way they feel. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, when Du Bois wrote this book, he suggested that the economic plight of of blacks began during slavery when persons worked for no money and continued after after the emancipation when they worked for very little money, and that we came through a history. Now, keeping in mind that this book was written in 1903, that we had a history, for the most part, of uh, where where accumulating wealth was not an option. And one of the things, Carl, that I have been thinking about a great deal and it comes from 29 years of listening to black people expound, analyze this whole issue of race, is that I believe that we still have a sense that accumulation of wealth and power is an option. We redefine it in a way that makes us comfortable and that we really aren't true participants and have a authentic agency in this country. How do you um, how do you how do you what what's your thoughts about that? I agree with it. And there are uh, there are a great many more who um, who agree with it and are trying who are who are attempting to do some th- positive things about it. You've got the Black Wall Street thing that's going now, and um, you got this conscious movement that's uh, that's going that's uh, that's in play now that's going to go into another level from when it you know occurred in the in the early 70s. You know, it's 
you know, there's a lot going now that um, where people are beginning to address that reality. You know, I'm a, a minister, and one of the things that um, I look at, you know, when I that when I look at the Bible, I look at um, uh, Moses, and the task that he was given was to rebuild the nation. Right, that that was what he was given. He was given that task to rebuild the group of people. And so uh-huh. when we look at the difficulties that we have, that's what we have to look at. Whether we, you know, whether people, whether they, everyone is going to stay where they are or going to go somewhere or whatever, whatever you're going to do, you've still got to look at those particular issues because those are the foundation, foundational issues of what it really means to be uh, a strong, resolute group of people is to have those, that nationhood, uh, the things that uh, establish nationhood for you properly. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, do you think that we have lost the the substance of what we call, what most people think of their their souls in this whole business of of uh, citizen participation in the business of being part of the fabric of America. Do you, I mean, everywhere you turn, there are black people who are saying, look what they're doing to us. Look what is being allowed to be done to us. Look at uh, the limited opportunity. Look at the war. There is a war. We are in the middle of a civil war on black people. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I, the for the life of, of me, can't figure out, Carl, whether or not people understand that. They, you know, I think the hurt keeps them from wanting to look at it. I think that a lot more people uh, realize it and understand it more thoroughly than they will let on. They, uh, they just don't want It's kind of like. You know you got this cousin over here that's raising all this all this hell and doing all these bad things in the family. But because of the fact that it's so difficult and you don't really know what to do with them, mm-hmm. you just kinda keep turning away. It's almost it's like a it's like a, a like a rape victim. A rape victim. You know, it's mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's like it, they don't wanna turn and face the the person you know they don't want to turn and face that situation because it causes them to live the trauma of the initial act, mm-hmm. and so that mm-hmm. that's what I see in a lot of um in, in a lot of the uh, denial of the reality of the situation amongst us and uh, and and even amongst the other uh, the, the dominant culture is that it's just it's like okay well no we don't want to admit that you know. You know, my great great grandfather and did this, and that we've got that we're mixed because of you know because they raped you know this this person and that person. So you're really you talking to... about the issue of shame. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's now, not our shame. Carl, let's, but let's, we, but we deal you're with a little it. younger than I am, but I know when I was growing up in the deep south doing Jim Crow, if you had called a Negro, and I don't have any problems with that word, you know, because okay. I think that there was a, 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 a I think, I, you all step back. Some of you may not understand that history. I think that there was a, a 
dignity, a lace of dignity in being called a Negro that we have lost in being called black or mm. African American. It's like, shit, I mean, excuse me. I know I'm talking <laughs> to the man in clothes. It's like, Carl, being, being African American is a bad word. Thank you, Mr. President Obama. <laughs> Since we got this African American president, African American seems to be a bad word. Um, yeah. So I think that, you know, growing up, if you told some Negro that, oh, you just, you look like an African, or you you from Africa, or your family's from Africa, or your mama's an African, then was some fighting words. <laughs> Well, actually, during even um, even as even during my um, even at the time when I came out of high school, sometimes people would get really offended at that. There was a shamefulness um, so, about it. If you think yeah. about, if you think about, you know, this whole hair thing, which I hate, Carl. I really hate them talking about black people's hair. Oh, yeah. sh- you know, I just want to say, oh, shut up. Talk about <laughs> something else. Um, but it's almost like. This is how we have come to de- define who we are culturally. And folks, I want to tell you, got a man on the cloth on the on the line right now, but I want to tell you culture is about beliefs. And you can't believe yes, about is. your damn hair. Come on. Belief is something a structure. Culture is a structure of beliefs. All y'all that's going out there buying all that African art and uh, the African-American art and paying thousands of dollars to have it hanging up in your living room above your beautiful fireplace, if you don't believe that image, if it is not part of your life, it is not. if it's not a living, breathing spirit in your life, take it down. Send it yeah. to me. <laughs> Carl, I, I just, I think that one of the things that we have, one of the reasons that we are becoming invisible, it's almost like, it's almost like our souls are becoming invisible in this country. Yeah. They want us to go. They, I mean, they've sent us clear messages. They want us to go away. Please go away. Please go back to Africa. Oh no, don't go to Liberia because you might come and visit your family and you'll get Ebola. I mean, it's we are in trouble, folks. Yeah. And have you looked at the map of, of the places where the Ebola is um, centralized at in um, <laughs> in Africa? Is the important places of commerce and education. Yeah, that's all I'm. Hello, folks. (laughs) You know, y'all can talk about the brother minister all you want to, but the brother minister might be on to something. He's been saying it for years. Talk about the brother. Call up here three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. Call up here and 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 try to make sense of it. You, my father used to tell me something. You know, Carl, I grew up in the AME church. Big AME oh, yeah. family. Hmm? Yeah, me too. <laughs> Big AME family. I mean, my grandfather built the church so that his children could go to Sunday school and Richard Wright would be held in high esteem. Well, anyway, um, 
we learn some things that our children are not learning because we are ashamed of those things. We have integrated ourselves into dust. And and, don't get me wrong. I think that when you get opportunity, you ought to take it. Mm -hmm. But what did we learn in the AME church, Carl? We learned that wherever we are, we are the children of Richard Wright and Jarena Lee. Um, they didn't talk about Jarena Lee in Amy Church when I was little. I didn't discover Jarena Lee until I was grown, but I just said it anyway. Uh, <laughs> Carl Lowry is, is joining us from um, Jamaica. Uh, where he, Tell us about your project in Jamaica, Carl. Well, we're here. You know I messed it up. That's all right, um, sister. Um, we're 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 here assisting uh, Pastor Alberta James, who is the great great niece of um, Marcus Mosiah Garvey, and she has a, a, a mission church here, and she's getting advanced in years and um, needed some assistance. My wife is a pediatric nurse practitioner, and we uh, came here on mission. Um, to assist her in stabilizing the, the ministry and um, helping it to progress in the way that she envisioned. Um, we're going to have a um, uh, we we typically have a year uh, a yearly Christmas gift giveaway um, mm-hmm. right at Christmas time for all of the um, children that are here because they they we think that we're poor in the United States but it's a different kind of poverty here. And mm-hmm. to give you, you know, to paint a picture, you know, um, a, uh, a dollar, uh, one U.S. dollar is equal to 110 um, Jamaican dollars. Uh-huh. So when, you know, so when you talk about poverty, you know, it's, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, I mean, but the, but in spite of all of that, the the way that the school system is structured here, they when they graduate, they graduate and they go there and an average student, that comes to the United States from from Jamaica from any of the uh, from Jamaica is gonna be uh, gonna excel from simply because of the fact that of the way that they have their educational system structured and they they they're just so diligent about making certain that they they get all the knowledge that they need to get and giving them a good support structure. And how long are but, you gonna be there? Um, I, you know, this uh, indefinitely. Um, you know, just uh, you know, this is however long the Lord says for us to be here. <laughs> uh-huh. So, all you people who might be think want to want to retire this week, but this month, but you don't have enough money, you might be thinking about one hundred and ten dollars <laughs> to the U.S. dollar um, and going down there and helping. Um, but now, let me tell you, look, let me interject something there on that part. Um, that's really important for people to understand about that, even though. It seems like that would be a great benefit, and some and sometimes it is a, a, a benefit um, financially. It sometimes uh-huh. um, for the Jamaican um, winds up being a problem simply because of the fact that that they, they still have to pay what would be the equivalent in U.S. dollars for things that you know because of the because of the disparity in the um, in the values. Puts an extra burden on the uh-huh. community. 
you know, where you might, you know, something that may cost uh, 50 U.S. dollars, you know, they, they may, they still have to pay that in, in the equivalent Jamaican dollars when they really could actually truly get it um, for a lesser amount if, you know, things were done fairly. Okay, that's a good clarification. Yeah, yeah, it ain't all all peaches and cream with that. (laughs) (laughs) How can people support your project? They, um, anybody that is willing to come, um, there are plenty of places, and um, they would welcome the um, the commerce. And uh, what I found is our brothers and sisters here are are very, very friendly and helpful. Um. You um, they're willing to do anything they can to help you out. You know, if you approach them a friend with a friendly, a good and friendly spirit, they approach you with one. And yeah. you know, matter of fact, they approach you with one before you approach them with one. And um, they're very kind. It's warm. You know, I mean, if you go to my um, profile, you'll see a picture of uh, my idea of winter, <laughs> which is mm-hmm. a green green hills. <laughs> You know, I'm not fretting about the cold at all. So you know, um, I'll tell anybody. You know, if you um, if you want to come down and assist, this is um, some definitely a place to come. We're here in St. Anne's Bay, Jamaica. Um, you can uh, feel free to contact us, and um, we have a voiceover IP number that um, has a um, Atlanta area code. You can call us at seven seven zero five zero four five nine seven four. We'll be glad to work with you in setting up um, some place for you to come and um, and assist in the ministry for a period of time. But see, uh, one, of the things, that we one of the things, Carl, that I really promote in this show is that, you know, black people in this country need to reassess. If you are serious about yeah. your own oppression, if you are serious about liberation, if you are serious about our responsibilities and obligations both to our ancestors and to our children. Now, here's an opportunity to go down to Jamaica, have somebody uh, set you up instead of going to Disney World with your children to do Mm -hmm. some good in the world. I have, Carl because I got my Medicare card, everybody knows I got my Medicare card a couple of of weeks ago, and I'm getting ready to retire this radio microphone. Uh, 30 years is, is long enough. I have tried to work with people to develop a new generation of voices in black radio, and that wasn't working too well, except for my dear brother, Alfo. Um, okay. And uh, India declare, but one of the things is that we have got to think that when you are born, you're on your way to dying. And I yeah. would like to have somebody say something nice about me when I'm dead. I, I've been telling my <laughs> grandchildren, y'all better talk about me every day. <laughs> I even had my 13-year-old grandson ask, he asked me very privately when we were riding in the car together, he said, Nani, can, 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 when people die, can they hear what you say? Can they see what you're doing? I said, yeah, I'm going to be able to hear what you say and see everything that you do. 
So, <laughs> so I, I think that this is an opportunity. We have got to reset our thinking about how we live on this planet. Absolutely. And if we don't begin to rethink it, our children don't have a chance. I picked up the Boston Globe on on Wednesday or Thursday, one of those mornings, and the most ragtime racist media in the city of Boston was reporting how black boys are being shuttled at a exceedingly high disproportionate rate to special education in the city of Boston as compared to their white counterparts. So the study essentially said that when you're white and you needed special education, you got special treatment as a special shroud around that. Black, you're acting up in school and the teacher can't seem to be successful with you, then you're shuttled off to special education and you're called a problem. And it's not just happening in Boston. It's happening in Chicago, San Francisco, San Antonio, Miami, Jacksonville, Greensboro, New York City, it's happening all over this country. We better get real, and we better start having an end game for this thing. Carl Lowry, thank you so much. I've so enjoyed you stopping by and talking with us, and I hope that you'll con- continue to uh, be a part of what we do here. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Now, let me ask you a question, because, you know, this interwebs, internets thing works different than uh, what's on your radio. And nothing's on your radio, by the way. (laughs) Okay, you're right. (laughs) Terrestrial radio has gone the way of the wind. It's gone south. Yes. And and Clear Channel, who bought up all of the black radio stations across this country under the guise of your friend and mine, Kathy Hughes, she sold us out. Yeah, and she got rich. And Well, she didn't get rich. She got some money. Yeah. And then the investors took the rest of the money and paid off her debt to them. So anyway, I, we won't go into that tonight because that's part of the souls of black folks too. Um, you, you just can't find it. You're going to have to pay Sirius XM or uh, uh, money. Uh, to listen to any kind of um, talk radio, unless you're on the Internet. So here we are on the Internet. And um, you can listen by calling in, or you can listen from your computer. Now, which one would you like to do, Carl, before I hang (laughs) before I, (laughs) I touch the buttons on my board? I'm gonna call. I'm gonna um call. I'm gonna be calling. Yeah, I'm going to be okay, calling in. So I'm going to put you on mute, and okay. you will be able to listen to our broadcast. That was our yeah. dear brother, Carl Lowry, calling in from Jamaica, and he, too, has expressed uh, his concerns about the souls of black folks. I hope that you will join us while we try to find um, dear brother, Tommy Curry, i Sometimes our guests, because we're late at night, you know, all of us, all of the our common ground family, we're we're night bugs. I don't like to say owls. I like to say bugs. We're 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 night bugs, 
and sometimes guests do at ten o'clock, at nine o'clock, decide I'm just going to lay my head down before I join Janice and the Our Common Ground crew, and they fall asleep and nobody knows what they're supposed to be doing. I I had that happen with um, Dr. Uh, Jeffries once, uh, where he had fallen asleep. I'm calling his house. Well, my producer was calling his house because we weren't on the internet like that, and 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 couldn't get him, and he didn't show up, and I knew because he was a regular, I knew something had happened. Then I finally get him. He's waking up, and he's sitting in his living room, uh, talking to me on the phone on a break, and somebody shoots in his into his house. Oh my God, we have had a lot of stuff go on at our common ground. Our number is three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. I'd like to hear from people who have read The Souls of Black Folks. Uh uh he Du Bois uh examined examination uh in the last chapters of this book concentrates on how racial prejudice impacts individuals. He uh, talked about the loss of his baby son, but he wondered if his son is not better off dead than growing up in a world dominated by the color line. Our number is 347-838-9852. This is our common ground, and we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we hope that uh, Dr. Tom J. Curry, who is always on time, will be with us needs to be dealt with right now. At this very moment, you are standing in the eye of the hurricane and you're going to sit here and pretend. You think that White House is going to protect you? You're not the fixer here. You're the problem. You're a client. You're my client. Tuned into Our Common Ground, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. When injustice becomes law, resistance becomes duty. the best of pushback talk radio. The Alpha Show, only at TruthWorks Network, Fridays, 10 p.m. I want to know why I'm fine one minute and the next. My body aches so bad I can't move. I want to know why my hair is falling out. I'm only 17. I'm tired all the time. Now, this rash. I just want to know what's going on. When you don't have the right answers, it may be time to ask your doctor the right question. Could I have lupus? For answers, for support, for hope, visit couldihavelupus.gov or call 1-800-994-9662. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office on Women's Health and the Ad Council. Yes, this is Janice Graham. Did you say it's Media Matters? Oh, yes. India is moving her show to Tuesday nights at 11 p.m. It's going to be the I Declare Show 
Nighttime Edition. It begins on November 18th. Thank you for calling. And please spell the name I-N-D-I-A Declare. Real Raw and Right Now. The I Declare Show. Moving its broadcast time and date. India is moving to Tuesday. The I Declare Late Night with India Declare on Blog Talk Radio. Coming November 18th, the I Declare Show, Tuesdays, 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Real, raw, and right now. India Declare, real, raw, and right now. That town is a microcosm of what's going on all over the country. Now, black men are being shot down, but the courts don't give us justice. Come on. The coroners are the brothers of the killers. So you don't know what happened to Michael Brown. They don't know how many times he was shot yet. And you know that's the way we're being handled. Not only in that town, but all over America. But it has reached the boiling point. I have warned you as your brother that they were going to bring tanks. I have warned you that if you don't stop killing each other, your killing each other will be the predicate for their action coming in to kill us all. Listen, listen, listen! You're listening to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time.
you got to hit that one so I can see where you are. Our number is 347-838-9852. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Tonight we're looking at rediscovering the critical truths. How much of our strength as a people, how much of the rebellion resistance to oppression, suppression, and domination in this system of white supremacy have we lost? You know, we say here at Our Common Ground that we provide solutions, ideas, and notions of the critical issues facing the black community so that we may, as a people, achieve ourselves. And uh, one of the things I try to do is, from the very beginning, is to present serious black scholars, philosophers, thinkers, activists, and grassroots leaders of our time. There are very few people that we call uh, leading black thinkers, doers, the expositors. Uh, we have had Dr. Ben um, early in the in this program, Haki Matabuti, Ron Daniels. As a matter of fact, Ron Daniels and Haki were guests on the TV show, Our Common Ground. We did have a nighttime Sunday night after all the people gone to work, gone to, gone to bed, uh, <laughs> getting ready for Monday morning TV show. <laughs> Our Common Ground Redux, which was the best of our programs when we were broadcasting daily. So we've got to be ready to rumble. We've got to, I hope all of you have gotten over the Democratic glitch, that you're ready for the next robbery of black people, that you are ready to be present, that you are thinking beyond the narrative that they have set for us. We've got to shore up. We've got to understand that we have to predefine our destiny. That is why we broadcast Bold, Brave, and Black. Our number three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. Any of you out there having drinks with Dr. Curry or having dinner with Dr. Curry, I don't know. But one of the reasons that we have chosen... Um, to really examine the sociological examination that W.E.B. Du Bois did in The Souls of Black Folk, is that, could have written this this summer, when he talks about political disenfranchisement and black leadership, when he talks about the importance of education, and as uh, Chauncey De Vega pointed out to us last week when we were talking about have we lost our black souls, one of the things is that uh, Du Bois was um, uh, of the academy, and and many things he didn't get right. But one of the things that he did get right, and he got it so right, was about economic inequalities and inequities, different inequalities and inequities are different. 
I have been been a proponent for many, many years uh, on this radio station, on this radio broadcast, that we don't need equal resources. We need we need to be demanding unequal e- resources because we have unequal oppression. We're going to go to our phone, 610, you're on the air. Thank you for calling. I respect you. This is our common ground. 610? Hotep, Brother Brother Brock Brock from Philadelphia, PA. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Glad to hear you aboard and uh, you and the Blog Talk family, as well as the uh, host that you have on at Wing 4. Good day, and thanks for the topic. Uh, I guess if you frame the question again, I believe your question was, have we lost our um, power? Have we lost our fight? How how, how will we, the full... Have we lost uh, the resources of our souls as a people? Because that is, as as Dr. Julia Hare Mm -hmm. always said, Brother Brock, these are the, these are the things that brought us safely across. I don't know if we're even safe anymore. And 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 I know you like to remember stuff. Uh, over the years, I have learned this. You always remember stuff. And this is an excerpt from W.E.B. Du Bois' Souls of Black Folks. Mm-hmm. And here's a quote. To be a poor man is hard, but de- to be a poor race in a land of Dollars is the very bottom of hardships. Put your put your mm. put your brain around that, brother Brock. Yes. Well, that that would definitely point to the reason why so many people fall off of following the struggle. Uh, so many people are worried about economics, and I know. Wait a minute. Wait that. a minute. Let me. Are they worried about <laughs> economics, or are they worried about getting rich? Uh, no, not getting rich. You know, maybe a few people getting rich, but the majority of people are just worried about getting by. And then I'm maybe I'm generalizing, but the way um, from my vantage point, from the seat I'm sitting in, the majority of people don't say I, I'm 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 striving to be rich, and 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 if I don't get there, all is lost. No, I'm seeing the common folk that are just trying to stay above water. Many of them are staying above water, but many of us don't feel completely secure that we will continue to stay above water. It's as if either, A, some people are just spending and and don't give a damn because they know somebody else is going to catch them, or, B, the other people are are making sure they don't lose what they have. And when we want to make sure we don't lose what we have, that's when we lose the fight that once was. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so, so I, I try to uh, keep my finances in order so that I can feel comfortable. But at the same time, I don't want to feel comfortable to the point where I don't feel the next person's plight, or I don't get into the struggle uh, or whatever is taking place. But you know, it's still a struggle. To say, yeah, I'm gonna keep both feet in 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 the in the fight of injustice, and then at the same time be able to go to work the next day. It's very very hard to do that. 
Uh-huh. Well, um, you know, one of the things is that uh, we look at black Americans through a lens of group theory, and in doing so, we're doing it because we're seeking to explain an illusion that has taken uh, 30 years, um, a span of 30 years, of financial deregulation and newfound access to unsecured credit. Um, And it has benefited people who are under sports contracts, people who are under music and tour deals, designer labels. Uh, So we are trying to emulate in many ways those who the 14 million black households drowning in poverty and debt. We're trying to emulate what we see black celebrities doing and what we, uh, the homes through the shows like MTV Cribs or whatever the hell it is, uh, not understanding that the new veil of economics that has allowed for a broad swath of America to become not just desensitized to black poverty, but we have become desensitized to black poverty, and we have been in this race to be the greatest consumer of all in America. So we have to think about, Brother Brock, what sustains us. And, yes, you're absolutely right. Many people are worried about keeping the heat on. I mean, it's cold in Boston. I don't know about Philadelphia, but I went out there today and damn. (laughs) Yeah, I put my my big jacket on today, no doubt. (laughs) I put my big girl jacket on, too, Um, going out the second time. The first time I was trying to um, be cute. But but one of the things, you know, people, we worry about those things. We worry about making the car payment. We worry about having enough uh, accessible credit to buy the things that we want. But that is only one part of sustenance, what sustains us. And another, and, and on the flip side of it is that we have to stop having our cars and our houses. You know, I, I have a Facebook friend who, who really gets on my nerves about this whole notion of, you know, uh, her children going to, to private school. To me, if we were in the business of our responsibilities and obligations, none of us would have to worry about paying some some private school thousands of dollars every year, and we got kids in the fifth grade and the fourth grade and the third grade and the eighth grade. If we were to really look at what sustains us and what sustains us as a people is public school. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Am I is everybody following me here? Uh economic I, I'm just saying economy, where yeah, where okay. we expend our wealth, what wealth we have, our priority ought to be that it shores us up as a people. Because you know what? That same woman 
her children will go downtown in the city where she lives and a cop will come up behind them because somebody said that he stole something when he in fact didn't and shoot him dead in the street. Am, am I getting everybody confused here? Am, I'm I know, say, Brother Brock, uh, I understand about the thing of trying to keep your personal safety and your personal security intact. I agree about that. But when I see black people talking about laughing because I say I am boycotting Walmart, I mean, I've never even been in a Walmart in Boston. I, the only Walmart i ever been in was when my mother was living. She sent me to Walmart because that's where she wanted to go. And she was 80 years old, and I just had to take her where she wanted to go. But we know what companies like Walmart and Red Lobster, Olive Garden, Papa John's, we know what they are doing to us. You see what? I, I, I think is only, the people, me only the people in the struggle know what they're doing to us. I don't think everybody does. I think if you're not part of the, you know, almost well, everything relates to You know, 10%. I got people who can 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 read a legal thesis and understand it. So I I, I don't buy that. But the general, as far as you, when you say everybody knows what they're doing to us, the the, the corporate, big corporate businesses. I presume uh-huh. you're referring to we all know that the corporate businesses are using us just for their riches, uh, employing us at bare bone bottom dollar. I presume that's uh-huh. what you're referring to. Yes, but but the, but but the part of it is that they are maintaining centers of money in order to further oppress us. I'm talking about ALEC, the American Legislative no, that, Exchange okay, that, Council. I, I, think, I think right there is where we lose the majority of people. I don't think the majority of people take it to that next sentence, that next level, to say the riches that they are acquiring, they are now using against us. Most, I don't think people say that or, or take it that distance. We do, the activists, the protest people do, but the majority of the general public, they don't they don't say that out loud, so I don't think they think that behind closed doors. Otherwise, how could they continue to shop day in and day out, especially when a big story comes out about the but, oppression but here's, that here's, ex-business here, might have Here done. is what here is what I'm talking about when when I talk about how we expend our resources. Okay, go ahead. If I have a if 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 I talk to one of my colleagues and say, you know, you shouldn't be shopping at Walmart. You shouldn't be going to Red Lobster. Well, there is no Red Lobster in Massachusetts. I don't know the hell I'm mm-hmm. talking about. But <laughs> so what does the colleague um, say? And the colleague what, says, their response? why? And I explain it. Uh-huh. Okay, wait a minute. You shouldn't have had to explain okay. it. That's the point. Exactly. See? If, and if that they were is part of the 10% should, that knew, they would respond by saying, yeah, you're right. Thanks for reminding me. And I mean, not, I'm amazed. I'm amazed at how people who say that they are civic, 
they are engaged in the civic activities of their of their communities, and they don't know this stuff. Because I'm, they're I'm listening to the, and I, maybe because I they're be. listening to the general mainstream media, and the general mainstream teabag one percent media is not telling us to, to to leave big business alone because they are abusing us. They're telling us the exact opposite. I've seen regular news that actually told people about a sale taking place at, at a department store. I'm like, when the hell did news start advertising for big business? Mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. It's crazy when I've seen them average, a couple of them advertising like that. Well, you know or we're just, in that season. Yeah, yeah, but even, before, you know, separate from the season, I've seen it. And then other than that, now every time you see segments of the different news, it's sponsored by a, a freaking uh, big business. The, the, yeah. the weather is sponsored by such and such. The, 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 the editorial is sponsored by such and such. And they make sure they put that out. Every time we hear the traffic report, brought you, they, they say the traffic real fast, but at the end they say the advertising real slow. So let me ask you, Brother Brock, how did we redefine our destiny against the predetermined definition of our future that these people have set for us? How, how do we do that? I think the only way is the way I learned, which is by listening to um, a, a type of show as yours, listening to Hakeem Mayabudi, listening to uh, 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 anything that you don't hear on mainstream. Uh, uh, Anthony Browder, The Browder Files, uh, 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 Dr. Uh, Shahzad Ali. Uh, you know, any, you got to go off the beaten path to come back to how to avoid falling in these traps. You know, you got to listen to Claude Anderson, somebody that sets you straight and somebody that lets me know that the mainstream is, is, is detrimental to my spiritual health. Otherwise, uh-huh. I'm going to just fall for the okie doke and fall right in line. And, you know, obviously there are times that I do fall for the okie doke, but I make sure it's not a, a pattern. I make sure I don't do it all the time. It's like, yeah. okay, I had to had to do it this time, or I felt bad when I did it, but I had to do it. You know, at least it, it catches my attention. It's like, damn, it's how I force my sports to do such and such. You know, I, yeah. I, try, all the, I always try to go to mom and pop stores. First things first. And my wife. You know, and it's really so interesting much. that, that I've noted every now and then I pass by the TV when uh, a certain person is watching golf or watching football or basketball, and our channels from ESPN to VH1 are filled with presentations of black Americans being paid a king's ransom to entertain. But here's what I think. When I see these things, black celebrities are being shown to millions of people, millions of times. The story realized, blah, 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 with the engine that thrusts forward the demand for social justice by the masses is not. And the heartbeat of social action, for those of you out there listening and you think, because you post something on Facebook, that you're an activist. Please get that out of your heads. Starting to sound like Karen, what's the name? But please get that out of your head. 
That is not social activism. Social activism, the heartbeat of social action, is to recognize your own mistreatment and demand better, and you demanded for the masses of people. Otherwise, I mean, it's arm trade. How did Otherwise, our black, young black trade. men get to this idea from ghettos all across the country? Um, they used to dream to make change in racial inequities. Now they just dream to be millionaires and be like Mike and dunk a ball or dance on the stage. This is the false veil that has captured black America. I, I'm telling you, you know, I don't like to lecture the TV. and stuff. It's the but Tommy Curry should have showed his ass up. No. Uh, <laughs> but it's the Bluetooth. Y'all that's know why. I love Cur- Cur- uh, Tommy Curry. But um, it, it, it really is, and then we blame it on TV. It is, it's, it's, uh, that's what I just did. It is the boob tube, and that is the blame, because that message is being spewed 24-7. But my response it's no is, longer it's, it's, just three or six, uh, six channels. You grew up, my, there were six channels. It went off at a certain time, uh, and, and much of it that came on did not interest you anyway. Now there's a thousand channels, and they make it seem like it's, 500 I'm not supposed to interest, interest you, but it, it doesn't. But nevertheless, it's yeah. 24-7, 500 to 1,000 channels, and families that are not monitoring their family, that TV's on all day. Well, you know, and, and that aside, and that's why I was glad that Carl mentioned the opportunities for people to come down and, and, and do some of the work that he and and his group are doing in Jamaica because you know if 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 you want to talk about parenting y'all like to talk about don't beat your children and i say don't ever hit a child but but we're not giving them an option an alternative to the video games and to the tv that's one set Brother Brock. And, well, in general, yeah. we're not. Specifically, yeah. some and, people and, are, and to me, definitely in general, we're not. If we're not teaching our children how to transform this sense of dignity and pride in who they are and their history into something that is formidable, then we're, we're just practicing more bad. We're, we're, just, it, it, we're just practicing bad Parenting, parenting yes. that is peculiar to black people. All this discussion that we've had over the last three months about how you have this discussion about your children and their interaction with police officers in the community on the street. We need to be having some discussion with our children as well about their responsibilities and obligations to their community and creating opportunities for them to act upon that. Because I believe that one of the things that happened to you and I and Carl Lowry and and, and Tommy Curry and, 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 and people who are actually involved in activism, in community nurturing, is that we discovered very young Yes. The rewards 
the feeling of being a part of having a place. And I am telling you, 347-838-9852 is our number. I am telling you, Brother Brock, our children are sagging. They're killing each other in the street. They're failing at school. They're disrespecting elders and disrespecting their place in history because they don't feel they have a place. Place is important. And when children don't have a place, when they have no place, guess what? They're broken. And their futures will be broken, too. Brother Brock, you know I love her, mm-hmm. talking to you. She loves a great one. I tell you, uh, my last point, I believe, would be just like you said, our children, if you really, if we all think about it, the children we're speaking of now, in general, if I, like generations have already gone by. So these, like, remember when baby kids came out, which was maybe 20 years ago, and the comedians even talked about baby kids, and that was kind of like you mean a, a baby trendy kids topic. Baby, yes. baby kids, kids that came by by virtue of Dr. William Cosby, the raper. <laughs> oh. Oh, you, know I was gonna, you know I was going to come with that one <laughs> So those baby Cosby kids Are now Parents And since they were Baby kids then And parents now That means they have Baby kids children And that's what we're dealing with now Well you know so there is I'm, no You, you know I, I protest Kids. You know, I protest when we start trying to blame um, the problems of young people and and pla- bla- placing it solely at no, the not feet. solely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Not parent can be no. successful in a system of white supremacy? in a system that is propped, a white supremacist system that's propped up by government and law. Mm-hmm. What parent can my, be so, my, totally successful? My Not only, even my the ones that answer, read the damn my, manual. My only quick answer to that would be, even under suppression, the, the poor parent can still educate the child when the child is a child. Not if they baby kids. Yes, if they they choose to, they could. But if they feel as though other things are more important, if their priorities are on anything else, then you're right. They're going to lose out. But if you had a strong parent that was poor, that strong parent would start teaching that child how to read and write and hope that as the child grows older, the child catches other opportunity. Maybe they couldn't if they – but at least – that poor parent who is prioritized would make sure they did all they could at that young age for that child. Yes, all the other stuff kicks in as the child starts getting older. I'm clear on that. But in the beginning, when that child is in your house, you have all the the, the responsibility in that home. And that's why these, these poor parents that want to just set the child in front of the TV and let them watch cable all day, no, turn that cable off. Let them read that book all day. Ten years later, if that child starts going outside and, and, and getting in this, that, and the other trouble, that's ten years later. But as you know, 
when we look at the schools and we see that children can't read and write by the third grade, we can't blame society on that. We can blame yeah, society Brother on Brock, you know not I having enough money to go further. I, I, I understand what you're saying, okay. and okay. I agree that we have parents who could do who should do better if they knew. Yes. As Maya yes. Angelou Lou would say, we do better when we know better. Brother Brock, yes. you, you, you okay. keep it strong in Philadelphia, PA, and uh, I, I, I just All love right. talking to you, and thank you for your call. You're listening to Our Common to Ground. Thank you, Brother Brock. I'm going to put you on hold. You want me to be on mute, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. That's how the interwebs work. That's Brother Brock in Philadelphia, PA. This is Our Common Ground, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Every time you see me, you want to mess with me. I'm proud of it. It's time to Give me some pride, Lord. Make me feel proud of myself. Let me walk with my head up high. Let me know that I'm fly. Instead of worrying about the clothes and the jewelry that don't do nothing for me. Cause I got the best Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. And now back to our common ground. We gotta love ourselves. Run where you at? Who you fist in the ass? If you got to go. Some pride, Lord. Oh yeah, that's uh, Chuck D and um, what her name? <laughs> Our number is three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two, and we're looking at some critical truths. We need to rediscover some critical truths. And and Brother Brock is is right. We we can't do better. But the problem is that you have to know what to be better about. And uh, I'm I'm. You know, I'm beginning to believe that we're not at the ready. We have no end game. And we'll be willing to talk with you uh, about that uh, in the context of the soul of black folks. How many of you have read the book? 347-838-9852. And I want to know, you know, whether or not we're shored up. We understand how we have to predefine our universe in this country. Um, I know that some of you are just uh, absolutely can't shake off the crazy from the midterm elections. But the midterm elections... If you understand the political party system in this country, really don't, in the end, mean much. The Democrats, the, the Democrats are not going to do anything. The White House is not going to save you, as Sister Reverend Dr. Ivor Carruthers says in our intro. The White House 
job is not to save you. The police in Ferguson is not job is not to protect you. How many times I got to tell you that? So are we ready um, for what's going to happen in Ferguson? Because Ferguson is ready for us. And from everything that I have seen, uh, the police are gearing up to inch, to to do battle with peaceful protesters. That's what they did at the time that of the peaceful protests, at the time that Michael Brown was murdered by Darren Wilson, and they are ready to hold their town. I mean, they're actually having drills in businesses and in neighborhoods uh, to protect their own. What are we doing to protect our own? Three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. So uh, they got tanks and tear gas. They they are declaring war on us. What are we declaring for ourselves? Um, there are, and I know, and there are friends of mine down in Ferguson who are teaching peace, peaceful protests. But I think it's, I, I think it's going to get ugly. I think it's going to get very er, ugly once the grand jury makes a decision. And when that decision is made, it's going to get ugly not at our hands, but it's go, it's going to be ugly in our reality, but not at our hands. Um, they stole the election, and that was another declaration of war against us, war against poor people. They have militarized law enforcement against our people. They are murdering black people without denial, without denial and without consequence. Doesn't sound pretty. Well, this is not CNN and this is not in SNBC. This is our common ground. And uh, I think that we have to understand that this country is in war and has been for six years against poor brown and black people in this country. And all of us that are spending our times worrying about the intersectionality of race and sex, we need to turn our attention to the intersectionality of oppressed and oppressed, forgotten and forgotten, and demonized and demonized, and that has nothing to do with race and sex. It's the bottom of the hour here at... Our Common Ground, we've got a half an hour, and if you want to join in our discussion, it looks like uh, there's been a glitch in uh, Dr. Tommy J. Curry joining us, and I think he has some important things to say, and uh, whenever we talk with him, we're certainly going to, in the next couple of days, uh, in the next days, talk to him. And uh, I think he has some very important things to say. He is my philosopher of choice. Six, seven, eight, you're on the air at Our Common Ground. I respect you. Thank you for your call. 
Thank you very much. Uh, this is Q calling from Atlanta. Um, Hello, Q. Good to have you with us again. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Here's 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 the confusion I, I've come to understand as a reality for black community. And I want to make sure that I'm staying purely on topic. So we're talking about the politics of us. Am I correct? Yes. Okay. Because I heard what the last few comments from you and the other gentlemen were. Here, here, Here's the confusion as it comes down to me. I volunteer for three groups and here in Atlanta. And I've come to realize the majority of the black community, from Seattle to California, back up to New York and back up top to Gary, Indiana, is the fact that black males complain more than they make things change. It is very unfortunate that all I see is a lot of double talk from us as males. And I just don't understand that part of it. I'm not saying that other groups. You're saying men, black men. Yes, the black men. I'm not even going to Mm -hmm. include black women because as I've seen even here in Atlanta, the people that are helping to make things change for black boys are black females. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. so all that's because dumb- women are 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 they're dedicated. They have a genetic dedication to nurture. Well, whether that's here nor there, I'm not going to uh, uh, give somebody pause to bite bite into that. My mm-hmm. my main point of calling is saying that I'm tired of the educated black male telling other folks it can't get done. This can't get done. I said to a couple of people, have you volunteered any time this year? And they always say no, but they're the first ones complaining. So that's mm-hmm. where I have the issue. I'm going to get cut off because I'm going in, a, but I'm interested to hear what you think. Well, you can call back. Do you want to call back? Q? And I'm imagining that's like Q Q U E. We lost Q, and we hope that uh, he'll call back. Uh, I'm I'm not so sure uh, if there are people out there who might agree with him, um, but one of the things that I do note is that there are more male voices uh, who tend to uh, occupy – disproportionately uh, the um, Q, you can just jump right back in when you come back if your connection hell. Uh, disproportionately the visibility of voice. But I have to agree that none of us um, and most of us a complaining, blaming, and not changing, as India declares, pointing out in our chat room. And by the way, if you're listening and you'd like to join in the chat room, you can come to blogtalkradio.com backslash OCG. Um, but I do think that there is, there has always been historically um, a more uh, distinguishing differences in the way in which women are activists and men are activists. Um, 
And let me explain how I think that is so. Um, I think that women have had, always had a lot more structures available to them than men in history. Um, That uh, women naturally uh, have a sense of transforming molding and nurturing children than men. And and that has to do a lot with <clears throat> how we assign roles. Are you back, Q? Yeah, but yeah, I'm back. Technology. But, but I'll just do but, a filler for you while while you while you were doing what yeah, you were but, doing. But but does that issue with the ladies that you bring up negate the lack of creativity? I think he was trying to ask whether it negates the lack of creativity under which men uh, have a responsibility uh, to embrace, to command, and to challenge an existing system to create and and, and build uh, highways for opportunities for uh, children. We've lost him again. I don't know what's going on there. but No, and, and that's my point. No, I, I yeah. was just pausing to let you speak. No, that's my point. My point, anytime, and I'm a male. I'm a male that volunteers. I'm a male that has created. I created events to bring couples together. I've created a lot of different things. So my question has always been, and I, I think it's disingenuous when people try to include, well, the women do this. What are the males doing? This is why I don't. I didn't want to go down the path of yeah, but ladies are different. They got a different. That's a given. My question is, out of the ten males that we know, who's out doing stuff for these? We got a real bad connection here, and I, I think he was asking of the ten black males that you know, and you're a black man. What are you doing for black men? And it's not just children that need our help. Uh, I think that black men have an, a, a special role to play in dealing with men in our community who are incarcerated, men who are uh, returning from prison, men who are unemployed, men who are divorced. I mean... There are specific kinds of roles that men could play, and this is all about nation building. This is what Kwame Ture was talking about when I was one of his students in SNCC, when he called for nation building. And, you know, and that doesn't exonerate the women in this audience tonight, that we have a special responsibility and obligation to be a sister, an authentic, true sister to women who are not like us. You know, I'm not looking for anybody to be like Janice Graham. I'm looking for somebody who can use my resources, use my talents to build their lives in whatever way they determine their lives should be built. I mean, if it were were me, 
And I talk to my my friends who are social workers and who are theologians and who are are educators that we need to have armies in our community. We need to to organize people going block by block, finding the, the same people that Brother Brock was talking about, Brother Brock from Philadelphia, PA, the bad parents. We can't just sit around and talk about how bad the parents are or how how ill-prepared they are. We have to transform their lives so that they can begin to transform the lives of their children. Our number is three four seven. Go ahead. Q, I and can't tell point. whether you're disconnected I know, or... I know. I'm going Go in ahead. and out of tunnels. I'm about to get cut off for good now because I'm going, to, I'm going underwater. But... Um, what water are you going under? I'm about to get caught off. I'm not going to get a time on that. But here, here's here's the, here's the crust of. <gasps> Go ahead. Now, see, doesn't that make you mad? Because he was saying he was If you graduated from Air Tech, get online and show somebody how to do it. You just can't be a complainer. I agree. You got my support on that. Q, can you call us back next Saturday night and hope Dr. Curry will be with us? Because what you're what you're saying is so important. This is the speaking truth to power and ourselves. You're listening to our common ground. You've got a chance to call us at three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. What are the critical truths that we are losing? the critical truths that we are not acting on that must be part of our end game. See, y'all don't understand. Those, the, 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 the Republicans that y'all crying about, the shellacked your ass all over America, they know what their game is. The Democrats are never going to have a game because they're tweedly D and tweedly dumb. They can't reveal themselves. They can't act on whatever they say, because they are nothing more than the same as the Republicans, except for they want to make you think they are different. This is Our Common Ground, and when we come back, we've got some time for you to call in. Conditioning your unconscious, and the way you recondition your unconscious is by consciously keeping negative content from coming into the mind, while at the same time constantly Introducing your mind and repeating within your mind positive information. See, the unconscious is the creature of habit. The reason why we hate ourselves so well is because we were taught that we were nothing for 243 years. So you can imagine told the same thing for 243 years, the conditioning is strong. So to uncondition, you have to do the same thing. Now, the good news is it won't necessarily take you 243 years to uncondition the self-hatred, but it will be extensive. The problem is we're still allowing ourselves to be subject to negative information, and we're allowing our children to be subject to negative information as well. So while we are engaging in self-directed mental reconstruction therapy ourselves, our children are being victimized by white supremacy because we're not controlling who teaches them. We're not controlling where they're taught. We're not controlling...
Saturday night open mic. Thank you for joining us tonight. November 18th. Thank you for calling. And please spell the name I-N-D-I-A Declare Real Raw and Right Now. The I Declare Show Moving its broadcast time and date. India is moving to Tuesday. The I Declare Late Night with India Declare on Blog Talk Radio, coming November 18th, the I Declare Show, Tuesdays, 11 p.m. Eastern Time, real, raw, and right now. India Declare, real, raw, and right now. This is our common ground. Thank you for joining us tonight. Transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Stay tuned. Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. Our Common Ground. And thank you for being with us. I want to bring two stories to round out this conversation and hope that you will um, I'll be with us next week. I'm sure Dr. Curry has something happened, got in the way, or uh, we had a scheduling problem. Two stories that are, 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 are very um, important to this discussion. One is that a 17-year-old boy was sentenced to 23 years behind bars for fatally shooting a retired police dog during a burglary. 
He was convicted in May for breaking into a Florida home of a trooper and shooting the officer's five-year-old German shepherd two years ago. He was 16 at the time of the incident, but he was tried as an adult. And on Friday, he was sentenced to 23 years. Just let that sit. Just let that sit in your brain for a minute, in the context of what has happened in Long Island, what has happened at the BART station in San Francisco, what has happened in in, uh, Oakland, what has happened in Sanford, Florida. Just let that sit for a minute. The other is that I want to... Uh, remind you that we are only three days away from the I Declare show going tonight. And I want to um, invite you to join me with India Declare on Tuesday nights at 11 o'clock. I hope that you will. This is how we support independent black voice. Now, if you think Black Voice is on MSNBC, and I have no problems with none of the black people, so don't start that, is that as soon as the Obama administration pulls the the moving trucks out of the, the White House, MSNBC, CNN, is going to change. And our voice is going to be lost in the wilderness, and then what? I hope those people in the background. Toure was really smart. Toure got himself a a radio show on. I have not listened to it on on set on XM Sirius Radio because I think he knows what's going to happen. Also, an update, and I will quote Alpha of the Alpha Show. On this update, quote, Angela Corey is a vindictive bitch. <laughs> Alpha of the Alpha show. Uh, her defense team wants to hear testimony by two former girlfriends of her estranged husband in an effort to demonstrate a pattern of domestic abuse on his part. And, of course... Uh, Circuit Judge James Daniel on Wednesday stipulated certain conditions in the ruling, including requiring Alexander to testify about Rico Gray's uh, abusive treatment. Uh, Her testimony would set the stage for defense to call an ex-wife and two former girlfriends of Gray's, all whom have said that she was abusive. Now, Florida State Attorney... Angela Corey is seeking a 60-year sentence for Alexander for firing a shot in the direction of Gray and two of his children from a previous relationship. And she is charged with three counts of aggravated assault with a weapon and is asserting she fired the shot in self-defense. Her defense attorney is saying we think she was justified in using the action. And this 
Florida State Attorney Angela Corey is fighting to keep this pattern of behavior by Rico Gray out of this out of this court, out of this trial. And I think I agree with Alpha when Alpha writes Angela Corey is a vindictive bitch. Yeah, I said it. Uh, we thank you for being with us. Don't forget that you can join us on social media. We are there all the time. And don't forget on Friday nights, 10 p.m., Alpha, who calls Angela Corey a vindictive bitch, and he's absolutely right. He serves hot grits with his political commentary on Friday nights on TruthWorks Network at 10 p.m. live. You can join us in our community forum at ourcommonground-talk.ning.com, and you can join us on Facebook at OCG Talk Radio. We hope that you will. We need your support. We hope that we have your support. And um, you can join me on Twitter at Janice OCG. Write it down. We thank you all for for being with us uh, tonight at our common ground. My apologies. I was really looking forward uh, to a great conversation with Dr. Tommy J. Curry, and you know I will be on his doorstep uh, first thing tomorrow morning. Uh, to reschedule uh, this conversation with someone who really understands uh, where we are going and where we need to go. If you have not read it, spend some time. If you have teenage children, require it. W.E.B. Du Bois, The Souls of Black Folks. Um of the coming of John, Du Bois presents the story of a young black man who attains an education. John's new knowledge, however, places them at odds with the Southern community. And you need to read the book to find out more. I'm Janice Graham, and on next Saturday night at 10 p.m., I will be listening for you. Thanks to our callers, Q, and Brother Brock, and thanks to Carl Lowry for joining us from Jamaica. Have a good week. been listening to Our Common Ground. Thank you for joining us tonight. We'll be right back here at Our Common Ground, 10 p.m. next Saturday, and we hope that you will join us once again. Our Common Ground, empowering black America to achieve itself. Thanks to our listeners, our callers. Good night. Have an empowering weekend. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Thank you.